Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 77 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. Michaela, you and I are recording this early because you and I have a very movie-centric vacation planned next week. Uh, so normally when we be recording, we're not going to be able to record because we're going to be at Universal Studios for the first time in three years since we went. Uh, our families went on vacation. We went to the Wizarding World. Uh, we rode the Spider-Man ride. Uh, but uh, what do you think, Michaela? What are you excited about revisiting at Universal Studios? Anything, anything you want to make sure we do or things you want to see again or uh, things you're excited about? I'm super excited about seeing a Harry Potter world again. There is a ride that is out that is still has like two hour lines. So I don't know if we're going to make it because I'm kind of a mm. princess and I don't like queuing up. But uh, yeah, right. that Hagrid ride with the bike looks really cool. Mm-hmm. But every mm-hmm. time I look at it, it's like 180 minute or 120 minute wait. And homie, don't play that. And like, I don't do that. So <laughs> we'll we'll see. Maybe in 2037, we'll, we'll be able to go. But I'm excited about um, some more of the uh, the movie based rides right Mm -hmm. there were a couple that were closed when we went so i'm excited to see some of those uh anybody who's uh not been to universal i can assure you there is one ride you definitely want to miss and that is the fast and furious ride um correct yeah even if you love it you know just 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 get in the line the line (laughs) is better than the ride and that's That's the worst that's like that, the worst thing to say, right? That that is true. Yeah, the theming and the line is is pretty cool. You get the cars, you get like the actors and stuff doing the stuff. Uh, that's pretty fun. You know what I'm excited about? I'm excited to get back to uh, see some Jurassic Park stuff, in particular the Island New Bar, which is where we got our recipes when we covered Jurassic Park back in episode 24. Because those uh, tiki cocktails were insanely good. Uh, we're gonna go to the source. We're gonna have one. Uh, we're probably gonna overpay for some wands and some butter beer, which will only be good for the first three sips but we're going to do it anyway because we're living it up movie style. Uh, but yeah, that's what we're going to be up to next week. That's why we're recording this early. Uh, but we need we needed to get this out because there is a lot of Stephen King magic in the air. We're covering the classic. There is a remake. Uh, just came out a couple of days ago. You can watch it on Peacock. You can watch it at the movie theater uh, if you don't want to go see Doctor Strange instead. Uh, but that movie is Firestarter. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come right back and we will whip up this week's cocktail and dive into this uh, classic. So this week's cocktail is called the Firestarter, just like this week's film, which is interesting because in no point in the making of this drink, is there any fire or any right. starting of fire or anything that sounds fiery like fireball whiskey? None of that. So if that's no. what you came here for, you're going to be disappointed um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Sorry. No fire, no fires were harmed in the making of, uh, this cocktail. Although for our picture, we did, uh, you lit a little, uh, tea light candle, um, just, just, you know, to give it some ambiance for the cocktail, but we were looking, we were looking up cocktails to talk about fire starter. Cause we had, we had the new fire starter coming, coming out. We wanted to talk about the old fire starter. Um, so we're, we're looking up recipes and like, if you type in fire starter cocktail, like this recipe comes up all over the place. So apparently this recipe is, is pretty classic or pretty widely known. Um, it was, it was new to me. Um, and these ingredients are, 
kind of interesting. And uh, when you look at them, you think that this is going to be kind of interesting, but it's kind of delicious. So let's let's run through how to throw this thing together. Uh, Michaela, why don't you run through the sure. uh, ingredient list here for everybody? Yeah. So you're going to start with an ounce and a half of vodka, an ounce of triple sec, an ounce of peach schnapps, an ounce of slow gin, S-O-S-L-O-E, slow gin, mm-hmm. an ounce and a half of Coca-Cola. And what you're going to do is you're just going to put all of those ingredients in a tall glass over some ice. Yes. And that's, and that's it. And that's it. And that's it. You uh, give it a little stir and you can drink it. It is, it is kind of a nice, like very like dark red color. So it is, it is kind of lovely looking. Um, but this thing is real sweet. It tastes a lot like high C punch, I thought. Um, and which, which is, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. High C punch is delicious, but uh, it, it got a little long in the tooth, so to speak as we were drinking it, because uh, it's, it's very sugary. And part of that is because you have the peach schnapps, which is uh, sugary. You have triple sec, which is sugary. You have slow gin, which is sugary. Um, anyone out there who is unfamiliar with slow gin, as most people are, um, it's basically a gin and slowberry uh, concoction. Uh, it's it's just a, a cordial. Uh, the slowberry, I guess, is in the plum family. So they kind of look like little tiny plums. Um, it, it's yeah, it's 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 very sweet. It's very syrupy, and then the and then the Coca Cola, uh, it's like it's like a Long Island iced tea of sugar. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I can think of is, and again, we do not know if this Firestarter cocktail recipe predated the Firestarter film or book or any of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But the only thing I can think of is if I was a pyrotechnic girl and I wanted a cocktail. Mm-hmm. This would be good because it's the right color. It's like this crimsony blood red color, which is kind of creepy. Um, and there's a lot of that that happens uh, in the film, but it's also incredibly sweet. It's very, very sweet. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, now this this cocktail, it's it's pretty large. Um, all of those liquors are pretty low ABV, um, which which is why it gets away with it. But it's like six ounces of liquid, so you could almost like make like the same amount and put it into two drinks. And I think that would, would have been better because by the time I got about halfway done with it, I was tired of drinking it. So, um, I think that just having like half of it, I would have been, you know, way more excited about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, about doing this cocktail. It would have kind of, mm-hmm. kind of hit the spot, you know, been a little like, like sugary, like syrupy treat because a lot of, you know, a lot of the cocktails we do are more like on the bitter side and things like that. So, um, it's interesting. Let us know, um, if you like the fire starter cocktail, or if you have a good variation on it, or if you have an idea for a fire starter cocktail, that is a little more fiery because we're going to be looking at some recipes to talk about, um, next week's lobby bar. when we take a look and see how the fire starter remake did, but now that we have these made up Michaela. We better, we better take these. We better go check ourselves in to some clinical trials, see if we can gain some supernatural abilities and have a chat about the 1984 classic Firestarter. Spoiler warning for Firestarter. If you've not yet seen this 1984 classic written by Stephen King, you should stop what you're doing right now. Press pause. You should go watch the original on Peacock. At the time of this airing you could also watch the new one which mm-hmm. uh i don't know who's in it zach efron's in it and a bunch yes. of other people are in it but we're not talking about the new one we're talking about the original so sorry if that's what you came for you're going to be disappointed but go ahead and watch one of those uh make up a fire starter cocktail um you know cut it in half so you can actually finish it without going to a dentist and then come back 
and we can chat about it. And we will chat about it indeed. Yes. So like Michaela said, this came out in 1984. It was written by Stephen King, a novel of his or a book of his. Um, This was directed by Mark L. Lester um, and it stars Drew Barrymore as Charlie, the pyrokineticist. Uh, and David Keith is her dad, Andrew. Um, it also stars Martin Sheen and George C. Scott. You know, George C. Scott's bringing his Oscar uh, winning career into Firestarter. Uh, maybe it's it's not something you see every day, but but it happened. This was a thing that happened in 1984. And it's a thing that happens with a lot of Stephen King films, Michaela. I was thinking about this. So you have kind of you have kind of two Stephen King things, right? So you have you have like The Shining and Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile and Misery that are like all-time movie classics, beautiful films, it just just spectacular. And then on the flip side of that, you have things like Firestarter and Cujo and Pet Cemetery, which are a little uh, a little schlocky, more like cult type of things. Um, and that's definitely where where this one lands, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is strange because. It does have a a star-studded cast. I mean, and if you think about Drew Barrymore, she was very young when she did this film, but she had just Mm. done E.T., which was one of the best films of all time, right? When it came out, it was like, oh my gosh, I'll never look at movies the same again. It was kind of a, it's got a following, very similar, I feel like, to kind of the people's love for Star Wars and things like that, right? Maybe not as much, Mm -hmm. but similar. So you know, this really was a, a star-studded cast. It's got Martin Sheen. He played President Kennedy once, man. He's he's <laughs> he's awesome. Uh, it's That's, got Heather Locklear. I mean, does, this yeah. is the height of, of of sophistication and acting. So why didn't it do well? <laughs> <laughs> why why didn't it do well? I, indeed, um, yeah, because it really did not uh, do very well at the box office. Um, but it still is kind of kind of held up. Like I said, Stephen King has has those big like cultural hits, but then also these other ones that are just really like highly regarded and like, you know, like cult classic kind of, kind of things where people do that. They watch them, you know, every year and do like film marathons. They still show like movie, like these films and movie theaters every year. Um, it's, it's really pretty crazy. So uh, yeah. And we'll have to see how the, how the remake kind of goes against, you know, what's, what's changed and, and what's fleshed out a little bit better uh, in this film. But let's get started into this. Uh, you get the movie is rocking and rolling straight away. We have the soundtrack being done by Tangerine Dream, which is like the German, uh, uh, like techno uh, industrial group that uh, they, they've actually done a lot of uh, film soundtracks, but yeah, it's they kind of did. this it's kind of this, uh, it's kind of the, kind of this neat score, uh, maybe the most compelling part about the movie. I don't know for sure, but we are seeing, uh, we're seeing the dad, as I mentioned, uh, played by David Keith. Uh, his name is Andrew. He is running around town, uh, with his daughter, Charlie, who's played by Drew Barrymore. There's a couple of gentlemen chasing them. Uh, it doesn't look good. You don't know who these guys are. You don't know why they're being chased, why they're running away, but they get into a taxi, uh, says, Hey, take me to the airport. Uh, the guy, the taxi driver says, I'm not going to take you to the airport. That is far away. Uh, so, so what do you do? Andrew pulls out a $1 bill. Uh, He looks at it. Uh, It turns into a $500 bill in the taxi driver's hands. You're like, what is going on? His nose starts to bleed. Then he passes out and we get to find out uh, who this guy is and why he's able to turn $1 into $500, which sounds pretty great, but maybe it's not that great. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out uh, it's, it's not, it's not a great story. He's not magically turning $1 bills into $500 bills. Uh, Apparently there's this, there's this, uh, I don't know, student 
test. <laughs> so I don't know where they are. I don't know if they're in New York. I, I don't know. Chicago, maybe. Doesn't matter. Sorry, I don't know. They're in, a, they're in a town and there's this clinical trial. Those always sound like a good idea, right? When you're broke, you're like, I can make uh, some money. Let's, let's go and do that. Well, you basically sign away your medical rights and there, and there's this great scene where a, um, a Dr. Wineless played by Dr. Wineless. He's played by Freddie Jones. Uh, he's running this, he's running this, uh, clinical yeah. trial and he says, uh, I'm going to give half of you guys this, uh, this drug and I'm going to give, uh, half of you guys this control sample and we'll see what happens. Uh, everyone starts tripping immediately. It is a, it is a wild, a yeah. wild time. It's, it's not, it's not a little bit of time. It's like immediate as soon as they inject you with this stuff and you don't know what it is until later that it's like basically mushed up pituitary gland, which I guess is a really big deal because the pituitary gland is the part of your body that doesn't age or something. It's a very important part of your body. So, um, but, but it's very mysterious. We don't know enough about it, I think. Mm, anyway, mm -hmm. part of this, and it's called lot six, which makes me wonder about the first five uh, lots <laughs> and how, how bad they were. <clears throat> but apparently, yeah. uh, Andy and his uh, this girl, Vicky, they're sitting next to each other. They're laying on these hospital beds next to each other. And they just start looking at each other. And they apparently can read each other's minds like directly after getting shot up with this lot six. And mm -hmm. so they kind of fall in love in a very, like in that second. And they both are like, oh, this is, I've known you forever. And this is amazing. And it sounds, it sounds like the most amazing acid trip that anybody could ever have, except around them, everybody else is losing their minds in not a great way. They're having a bad trip, Brian. It is, <laughs> it is definitely a bad trip. Like some dude is, is uh, passed out. Someone's having a seizure. There's this really very, uh, point uh, very big there's horrible there's a horrible scene where some dude looks like he's taken out his own eyeballs he's like scratched out his face or something i don't know it's very bloody yeah. and gross and um, it's, yes yeah some people just didn't handle that uh very well but these two folks vicky and andy they uh they end up uh, not dying from this injection. <laughs> it is it is the it is the start of a beautiful romance as uh, Andrew sure and and Vicky go off to live their life together. Uh, you know, and now they have some sweet powers. They could they're uh, they have like these uh, telekinesis powers. They can control people's minds and uh, get them to think things and do things. Uh, it's pretty great. And what else is great is that they have a kid that is Charlie McGee, played by Drew Barrymore. Uh, she has her own special power, and that it's. It's that she can, uh, you know, basically make things burst into flames, uh, and those powers are going to escalate uh, as we get to the end of the film. But yeah, you, you see them running away. You don't know who these guys are that are chasing them necessarily. Um, you get kind of these keep having these kind of kind of flashbacks of of what's going on. So so they're running, they're hiding. Um, they they go into like I don't remember it was like a diner or something I think and and Charlie uh, catches this guy on fire so they're like they're running away uh, but we find out um, kind of the next flashback you know who who these guys are and why they're chasing them so so we're back at their house uh, everything seems to be normal everything is fine uh, you know your mom you know says something to you you don't like 
what do you do if if you are if you're the fire starter kid? Uh, you catch your oven mitts on fire. Uh, you're like, no, mom, <laughs> listen to me. I can I can uh, catch anything on fire, and that's what I'm going to do. It's not bedtime. I'm not tired. Exactly, exactly. So so we have that going on, and then I guess I guess some other bad stuff happens because uh, the people from the clinical trial are trying to trying to round these these people up. So I don't know. It, somehow they figured out that Charlie had this power, and they wanted to to do some tests on her. Uh, it, it was a little fuzzy on why they started chasing them after like seven years of them having these powers, why they were, why they were trying to track them down. Uh, but the moral of the story is they are there. They're trying to track them down. They're trying to get, uh, they're trying to get Andrew. They're trying to get Charlie, uh, and bad news, Vicky, Heather Locklear dead in the closet. Uh, it's bad news. Uh, we think that Charlie killed her, but I don't, I don't think that that's true. I don't know. They don't show it. I don't know. No, no, no. They definitely, he definitely, but yeah, that didn't happen. No, what, what did happen, uh, and I didn't know this until watching it when I watched it, um, but they kind of tortured the mom. So this, this government entity that ran this clinical trial is called the shop. That sounds terrifying. I'm not going to let the shop inject me with some lot mm. sick stuff. This yes. sounds bad, but of course it's 1984. People do stupid things. <laughs> in movies, it's fine. So poor Andy, he comes home from work and no one's in the house and there's blood all over the floor and he finds his wife shoved in a closet. And it looks like she's might have been tortured because her fingernails are all messed up. And you think maybe they mm. use the, they pulled out her fingernails um, trying to get her to tell the shop where Charlie was because Charlie was nowhere to be found on the house. So what Andy does is he calls his neighbor. He goes, uh, luckily his neighbor had Charlie and um, he goes to try and get her. He's followed by more members of the shop. And these members, we just need to have a talk about this. They are all mm. in business suits in these, you know, 1984 Oldsmobile Delta 88 kind of cars. Okay. Yeah. It's, but they're all in suits and they're, <laughs> it's very strange. I'm like, if I was a government operative in a, working for a place called the shop, I would look like a lumberjack or something. They, I don't think no, I look they, they like were, I was a, an investor. They were looking like agent, agent Smith. I think the shop and Is the that what they were trying are, to do? Are, okay. the, are the same thing. I think they're Whatever. the same thing. Anyway, they show up. Andy, you know, he's got this power where if he can see you and see your eyes, he will make, he can make you do anything he wants. And so mm -hmm. that's why he, it looks like he gave, he gave that cab driver a, a dollar bill and the cab driver thought it was a $500 bill. He hadn't actually changed the bill. It's what he does with this mind control. Right. And he right. calls it pushing, right. It's called the push. So he ends up seeing these two guys come out and they're trying to grab, um, Charlie and put her in the car. He stops them and he he basically makes them go blind or something. And it's really mm -hmm. um, scary because you don't see like it's not gory, but he's looking at him and there's this really interesting tangerine dream hum that happens every time he pushes someone. That sound yeah, effect right. is uh, very very effective, and so. He ends up getting Charlie back and he gets Charlie back in the car and they've been on the run ever since. So one of the things I thought was actually really good about this film is it starts kind of in the middle of the story and uses these flashbacks as an effective mm. vehicle telling kind of what's happened. Right. Um, Charlie, she's only seven years old. And so they've been on the run for you don't know how long. And she doesn't remember much about her mom, except for when she would hurt her mom. 
because she's a child. And when children get frustrated, they let out that frustration in normal ways, unless you're the fire starter, then yeah. you're blowing things up. And so <laughs> it had to really right. suck to have her as a baby is all I'm saying. I'm Ooh. surprised that the houses didn't burn down. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why they decided they needed, they're like, okay, she, she's burnt down enough houses, blown up enough, like, uh, like cars and strollers. We need to need to go get this kid off the street. And we do, we check in, uh, with, uh, Martin Sheen's character. He's playing captain Hollister, um, and the doctor from the clinical trials. They're there kind of in his office, uh, which, which, which looks a lot like the white house for some reason, but, um, uh, was it the, he, see, it totally did, didn't it? Yeah. So it totally I, did. I, it was like, but, but he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't the president. Well, he wasn't the president yet, of course, uh, in West Wing, Martin Sheen is the president. He's not the president yet. He's still working his way up through uh, Congress or whatever. But but they're right, there. Right. They're talking. They're like, they're like, this kid has all these powers, can do, can like light things on fire and heat things up. I bet we could probably tap into that. It would be an awesome weapon, which is, you know, the plot of uh, lots of things, right? Where the government's going to get their hands on something that they can turn into a super weapon. It always goes poorly and it goes poorly here. Uh, spoiler warning for the end of the movie. Uh, but as you said, her dad and her, they are, they're going, they're on the run. They end up hitchhiking. There's actually a, a really cool shot of them walking along like this, like overpass bridge. Uh, it's probably my favorite shot and, and all of that, but they end up hitchhiking. They get in the truck with this guy and he takes them back to their farm so they can lay low for a little bit. Um, we meet this nice older couple. Um, he's there. Uh, the the older gentleman uh, is totally calling uh, Andrew out. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? Uh, did you steal this kid? Uh, she seems okay, but <laughs> what is your deal? What is the deal <laughs> with you guys? Yeah. And, you know, Andy, uh, he doesn't lie and he doesn't push the guy, right? He doesn't use that ability to make this guy do what he wants. He just says, you know what? We're on the run. He kind of tells him the whole story and mm -hmm, says, you know, mm -hmm. mom's dead. We're, I'm just trying to keep her safe. They're going to use her. And, um, you know, and the farmer's like, no, well, you know, I don't think that's right. You know, and he makes a reference to the Nazis. He's like, I'm not going to roll over and play with the government. This is not right. The government shouldn't be doing this. I'm not a Nazi. It's very strange. But um, one thing that's interesting, Louise Fletcher plays the farmer's wife who's mm -hmm. also a big name. She was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, she was Nurse Hatchet, I believe. <clears throat> very different character here. She's very warm and fuzzy and you want her to be your mom and bake you cookies. It's lovely. But uh, they, they're there. Uh, another thing about Charlie's character is she has a little bit of psycho psychosis as well or psychicness because she can feel that the shop and you know all yeah, of the men coming, in yeah. the business suits looking like financial analysts on Wall Street are all coming in in all of their 1988 <laughs> uh, Delta um, Oldsmobiles. So uh, they show up <laughs> and it does not go well for these guys in suits yeah that's right yeah she uh she senses they're they're coming up um her dad says oh it's the shop and he tells her like as they're like getting like dragged out of the house he says burn them all um and that is what she does she starts raining fire down uh the cars are catching on fire the people are catching on fire um uh, but you know she she feels bad about it so going forward she's not going to burn anyone else uh she's not going to use her powers anymore uh she just decides right then she's going cold turkey on being the fire starter uh she gets she gets pretty upset so they're still they're back on the run again they get out of this near scrape um i do think um that it's 
that it's kind of interesting is uh, they're on the run, but they have time to like sit down and like go fishing. Uh, it seems like if you're on the run, you should maybe, uh, you know, uh, focus on that and instead of less like leisurely activities. Uh, but, but yeah, they're back on the run. And Charlie says, will things ever be normal for us again? And her dad doesn't really give her an answer. Uh, but hopefully, because what are what are they trying to do? They're trying to get to the New York Times. They want to tell the world about the shop, about this uh, clinical trial that they did and what happened. So I guess that's kind of the end goal for our pair here is to get to the to get to the New York Times. But uh, President Martin Sheen, he doesn't want them to get to the New York Times. He wants to get his hands on this little kid, turn her into the ultimate weapon. And he has just the guy for that. He sure does. It's this one eyed a uh, scary looking <laughs> dude who was uh, an amazing Oscar winning dude at one point. Oh mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. gosh, George C. Scott. He has never looked more terrifying than in this film though. I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, he plays a guy named Rain Man who is a Native American who was also a, a Rain Vietnam Bird. vet. Yeah, <laughs> Not Rain, Rain Man. Oh, sorry. Rainbird. Sorry. <laughs> that was Dustin was... Hoffman. That was sorry. a different guy that won an Academy Award. This yeah, is, that was this a is Georgie's guy. guy. He's Rainbird. My bad. Totally my bad. I haven't had enough coffee or cocktails, clearly. So Rainbird is this assassin that the shop hires out. Um, he just com- came back from shooting a whole family up in Nicaragua or something. And mm-hmm, they're like, mm-hmm. are you ready for another mission? And he's like, yeah, tell me all about it. And so he learns about Charlie and her abilities. And he gets real creepy. Um, the thing that mm-hmm. really um, makes me more uncomfortable than this this whole thing which is pretty horrifying is that he kind of full it seems like he's like in love with her in like a really sick sense because he he really wants to harness her power and be close to her and you don't Mm -hmm. think that it's you don't think he's gonna like sexually abuse her or anything like that but it's definitely not appropriate because he's like 67 years old and she's (laughs) seven and it's just weird there's a lot i mean he does a great job of being a creep uh, in this because you don't know if he's mm-hmm. if he means it in that nefarious way or if it's just that he's you know in love with her ability and thinks that he can like take it on himself if he kills her or is the one to kill her or whatever so he ends up stalking the family he is a trained assassin he knows exactly what to do um and he doesn't kill them but they're in this cabin uh that they shouldn't have probably gone to and gone fishing at that doesn't make yep. a lot of sense, True. but yeah. they're like leaving on their way to go and uh, just go to the New York Times and tell somebody their story. And he shoots them with these darts that make them fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And so then they become uh, the because they're unconscious, both Andy and Charlie, they're able to capture them and bring them to this White House looking place that is in a mythical Washington, D.C. in Virginia, which is not to be confused with the real Washington, D.C. It's very strange, but that's where they are. <laughs> It's like a compound. It's got it like is, yeah. acres of land. It's got a white house. It's got stables. That's a thing. It's got key cards on all the doors that make this really weird sound when they use them for some reason. Um, but yeah, he shoots them with the darts. They go and collect them. I will say the agents wised up though. They are not wearing their suits anymore. They traded those in for like fireproof suits, <laughs> like, like radiation suits. suits. They're yeah, not playing which, anymore. Which, which I guess if you're if you're catching someone that you have uh, termed the fire starter, that is that's a better look than your your polyester suits. But yeah, yes. so they get back to this. They get back to this uh, compound. They're there. They separate. Charlie and her dad, they're being held like in separate rooms. Um, you actually get a really cool scene. Um, I thought with uh, Captain Hollister, it's Martin Sheen's uh, 
character, he comes in, he's offering her like, uh, like hot cocoa and trying to talk to her. Um, and they're having uh, kind of this thing. And she ends up like freaking out on him about how she wants to see her dad. She's not going to use her abilities anymore. And he locks her back in the room. But then there's like an immediate cut to like her getting a bunch of presents in bed. Uh, and I'm like, uh, okay, that seemed like, like a bit of a jump there, but that's, that's okay. Um, you know, they're trying to, to win this girl's favor because, because yeah, they just want to, uh, analyze her, figure out, you know, what they yeah. can, what they can learn from her and what they can, uh, what they can get out of her. And if they can do this to like other people, uh, to turn them into fire starters. Uh, yeah. And it's all bad news, but like you said, the George C. Scott character, uh, John Rainbird, uh, he's there, he's going to try to kind of, kind of befriend Charlie and, you know, get her to, to, loosen up and say oh you know it's it's fine you know if you do these tests we'll let you see your dad again uh he's trying to like butter up i guess yeah uh, in a way, yeah so. he's totally manipulating her and uh telling her hey if it's just one time i mean and they're gonna let you see your dad why don't just do what they ask and so she mm-hmm. goes into this kind of uh laboratory room and she sets you know some stuff on fire and then uh, there's a bathtub full of water and she talks about it a little bit and this is where I think the writing is actually kind of cool and probably why the book did as well as it did is because she moves she doesn't she doesn't know what to do with all this energy that she's putting into these things that are now catching on fire right and from a physics standpoint the energy creates heat but it has to go somewhere Um, Mm -hmm. and so she wants to back it off, but she can't put it inside herself or she would die. Um, so she ends up transferring it to water. So as long as there's a lot of water around, she can start to control it. And so that's one of the things that she is doing and learning to do over the course of this period of time. Now it's unspecified in the movie, how long she is separated from her dad and being worked on while her dad is going through his own kind of experiments and he's failing miserably. They're doping him up. They're giving him lots and lots of drugs um, because they know that as soon as he gets this power, he can push anybody to do anything he wants. And so he uh, is basically useless to them because he can't do anything. He can't push anybody to do anything when he's all doped up. So they're Mm -hmm. basically done with him and they're, you know, telling him that, hey, you know, we, we're, we've got a, you know, of course, we're the, we're the U.S. government. We have a really amazing place in Hawaii. Do you want to go? Yeah. And he's like, sure, sure. I'd love to do that. Let me, let me do that. And so he catches on that they're going to probably kill him pretty soon. So he stops mm-hmm. doing the drugs. He, st- he figures out a way to uh, avoid uh, having those uh, taking the, these pills that make yeah, taking the medicine. Yeah. And so he knows that when his moment arrives, he can strike and he can push people. And that's what he ends up doing for Martin Sheen's character. Uh, yeah. and it, it's, it's one of my favorite scenes actually, because Martin Sheen really acts like he's being pushed pretty well. Cause you can see in his facial expressions, he's like, no, I can't, I can't let you, uh, uh I'm not going on this trip with you. <laughs> no and my daughter do- your daughter can't go she's incredibly dangerous she'll kill us all and he's like i don't care you are going to do what i tell you to do and then you get the hum the mm, 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 hum from yep. tangerine dream really good it's a good scene yeah it's it's pretty good yeah it's, uh, so they're kind of walking out there by like this pond and yeah finally um finally andrew gets one over on captain hollister he's able to control his mind and uh kind of get them uh 
you know, set for a year to be released. Uh, so uh, here's a real bad idea, though. If you're going to be taking uh, your Firestarter kid and to have like this this exchange, don't do it in your horse barn that's filled uh, floor to ceiling with hay. That's a bad idea. That's not where you want to be. But that's where they go and do it. So they're there. They're, uh, you know, supposed to give the kid, uh, you know, back to her dad. Um, you know, it's, it's not all great because, uh, John Rainbird is there. He's got a, he's got his gun or whatever. He's, uh, he's like, I'm not gonna let this happen. I got to keep this kind of keep this kid under wraps. Uh, Charlie finds out that he was lying to her this whole time. He really wasn't her friend. He wasn't an ally. He was just a bad guy this whole time. And and yeah, it it goes bad. That's, 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 that's where it all, where it all goes bad. It all comes to a head. That is where, that is where Drew Barrymore reigns in her uh, ultimate power. I guess she, uh, she levels, she levels up um, and goes from being able to light things on fire to being able to send fireballs out uh, into the world. Uh, She looks at her dad, uh, you know, they'd had this, this thing, she wasn't going to use her power anymore. uh, But she looks at her dad and her dad says, kill everyone. And that's what she does. She (laughs) walks out of the barn. Okay, daddy. She doesn't kill the horses though. She burns she the doesn't. locks off of the off of the horse, off the stables. Um, so the horses run out. But yeah, otherwise, if you were on that compound and you weren't her dad, uh, it was it was lights out, lights out. It was lights you. out for you. Yeah, no, it, it's really interesting because they they come up with this plan that they're gonna go to Hawaii, which makes zero sense. But whatever, they're gonna they're gonna do that. Um, they're gonna meet in this horse barn, like you said. Uh, I immediately, the, the, the animal lover in me was like, I don't remember this. I hope the horses get out because this, I know how this ends and this is, doesn't end well. And so, you know, Rainbird is there. He ends up shooting Captain Hollister and killing him. He ends up mm-hmm, shooting mm-hmm. Charlie's dad, mortally wounding him. I, I don't know if he shot, like, it looks like he shot in the neck, but you don't really know. Uh, it's not super gory. It's just... Um, real upsetting. And of course he's laying there dying. And of course you're right. He says, kill them all. And so she does. And can we just talk about when we know, <laughs> we, we know that she's about to go completely like fire starter fireball because mm-hmm. all of a sudden the air starts moving around her face and her yes. hair starts to move as if there's a fan right in front of her, but the air isn't really moving. It's just her creating this power. And, and yeah, she, um, Rainbird is there and it, it again he's super creepy and he's like I love you so much Charlie look at me look at me so I can see your eyes and he's about to shoot her and you know what she can do anything so what does she do she melts the bullet that's gonna shoot her in the face and then she sets him on fire and he like runs around screaming and it's actually really satisfying to watch him die because he's so creepy and gross and not not a good guy so yeah um, she she is shooting fireballs out like rockets there's like another one of the scientist guys like trying to like get away on a golf cart and she shoots like this this missile of fireball at it like the thing like explodes and and blows up uh you see like the like the exterior shot of like this white house looking house that they were in and there's like like literally like hundreds of people like running out like who are all these people that were inside of the house uh but they're all running out she is raining down fire on them people are shooting at her and she can just stop the bullets now because uh, I guess that's one of one of the powers you get if you're the fire starter. Um, so that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, she she kills everyone, like literally everyone, like a thousand people she kills yeah. right in this moment. And it's like I, a Michael I mean, Bay ending. 
right there. It, it is nice. like a Michael Bay. It is like a Michael Bay ending. Yeah, exactly. So she gets she gets all of these people killed, uh, right? So that's that's ba- that's basically the end. Uh, you know, Martin Sheen's character, the the assassin guy, uh, her dad, unfortunately, uh, didn't didn't survive this this thing. But you know, Charlie is still alive, and she has she has to move on. So uh, she goes back to that very nice uh, farmhouse with that nice older couple. Um, she sees them. Uh, they're, they're not they're upset at all about the fact no, that their like, farm is completely burned to hell. It's, it's, <laughs> they're like, it's fine. We love it's, you. It's, we always it's wanted it. Totally daughter. fine. That's that's right. They pick her up. They give her a hug. And then uh, to close out the film, you see them walking into the offices of the New York Times. So Charlie Charlie made it on her journey through lots of turmoil and lots of fire. Uh, yeah, that's that's Firestarter. Um, it, it could have been like a, like a 90 minute movie. It's not, it's a two hour movie, but Michaela, uh, Firestarter, let, let's, let's dig into this thing. What were, what were, what were some highlights or, or things that you liked scenes, anything? Yeah. Oh, something. I'm make, there were things yeah, that I liked, but <laughs> there were, well, you start, you, you go for okay. it. I always start. Okay. Well, uh, so, so there were a couple of things that I liked. I thought that the special effects um, not necessarily in her like fireballs, but like the actual like fire effects of when things like caught on fire and lit on fire. I thought that that was really cool. Um, you mentioned like the bathtub where she could like displace like her energy, like into big things of water, how that just kind of like randomly starts like boiling. I thought that that was really cool. Um, there's a scene um, where I mentioned, you know, she was given some hot chocolate by uh, Captain Hollister and she starts to get angry and like the hot chocolate starts to like boil out and like bubble out over the mug. Um, so I thought that the the stuff like that looked looked really cool. Um, but definitely some some low lights for me. So so she gets to this compound and they start doing the tests uh, with the cool bathtub effect. And then literally like the next 30 minutes of this is just her being like, can I see my dad? No. Uh, can I see my daughter? No. Just back and forth for like 30 minutes. I was like, I, I get it. I get it. You're not going to let them see <laughs> each other. It. We can we can, you know, you know, pick this thing up a little bit. But but what about you? Any uh, any highlights, any low lights, any anything? Yeah. So I'm going to make it sound like I. Uh, yeah that my parents were bad parents. Cause I remember seeing this, gosh, I was probably five or six years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I saw a fire starter, which is, this is not for a five or six year old kid. And it's not true. I, I, I love my parents and, and I'm glad I took this. I'm glad I did this, but um, uh, I'm glad I saw it when I did, but I remember, um, I remember some of the lessons around it. Like you're going to make mistakes and they're going to get people hurt. Um mm-hmm. And that that's okay. And I really remember as a child, when she realizes that she can really hurt people like her mom, she felt an incredible amount of guilt hurting her mom. But when mm. she realized she could use it to, for the better, that's where she decides she's going to use it. Like she didn't want to hurt anybody anymore, but you know, by golly, if they're going to hurt her dad and her and keep them apart, she's going to burn the whole place down. And um, so there, there were some things I loved about it. Um, you know, I, we both grew up in this era, in this era where Drew Barrymore was like, uh, like this darling child that was in a bunch of kid movies, um, Mm -hmm. or movies as a child, as a child actor. And so this was like, right when she really was solidified as this child actor that could be all these things and do all these things. Um, so I, I have some nostalgia around Firestarter. Um, Mm -hmm. but I also, (laughs) I also, you know, there's certain things that didn't age well, like Rainbird's obsession with her. It, it just 
creeped me out on a different level than it did as a child. As a child, I was like, he's a bad guy. But as an adult, who's now a mother of a child, I'm like, he's a bad guy. And I think he's also like skeezy and it like in love with her. And that it, it added a whole other dimension of evil to that guy. And maybe that was the point. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah. so, and it's yeah, astonishing to me know. how well it did or how, how the cult following, cause it did not do well in the theaters. Um, it didn't make any money, mm. uh, but yep. it's, it's got this kind of cult following where in 2000, they made a series about it. They've just remade a, this film it's coming out next week. Um, or by the time of this airing, it will have been out. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that the concepts have standed the, la- the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. I think kind of the, the overall like premise of the story is pretty good. I, I've never read like the book or the story that this was based on by Stephen King. So I can't really uh, compare it to that, but I, I think that there are some like seeds of good ideas and maybe that's why it attracted the star power that it did. Maybe people like had read the story or were familiar with it or were familiar with you know Stephen King's other other works or maybe just every every time something came uh, to your agent that was Stephen King you you just you signed on and hoped that it was going to be the next shining I don't know um but yeah I don't know I remember watching this as a kid too and like you said it was you know it was probably you know late 80s early 90s you know kind of halloween thing you know this is one of the things that was always on tv so um ended up watching it but i hadn't watched it in a lo- in a long time and yeah i mean it definitely has its flaws but it definitely has its uh following for sure so um i guess let us know out there if you watch firestarter if it's you know one of your like halloween staples or or what you thought about it or you know the first time you watched it let us know if you're going to go check out the uh remake uh let us know what you think about that we'll probably both check it out because we'll be able to watch it on uh peacock here you know over the next couple of weeks and uh maybe we'll uh we'll check back in and uh, revisit the uh firestarter uh saga <laughs> here someday so uh let us know that let us know if you make a firestarter cocktail or if you have a good idea for a different firestarter cocktail or uh what you think about slow gin let us know all that stuff you can do it you can tag us on instagram and twitter it's at drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies uh if you want to see pictures of our firestarter uh you know tea light uh accompaniment and all you can do that on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com and you know, we're not going to subject you to clinical trials, uh, but we would like it if you subscribed and rated the podcast. Where should they do that, Michaela? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere where Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We do two drops a week and they're fun. They're amazing. And they're not an hour and a half long anymore. So what do you got to lose? Go ahead, leave us a five-star review, subscribe. Really helps us get the Drink the Movies out there. I'm kind of floored. We've had so much attention on this podcast in the last few weeks, and mm-hmm. it's it's kind of crazy. But the only way that really happens is by you guys. So tell your friends if you like the podcast, if you're liking what you're listening to. We've got a great community out there, and we only want uh, want to reach more people with our love for cocktails and movies. So. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, thanks everyone who takes time out to do that. And thanks everyone for listening. But now, Michaela, we better, we better put Firestarter uh, to rest. You know, we're better, we better take, take a nap so we can be ready to go for Firestarter uh, round two on, on Peacock. We'll have to check it out. Absolutely. And we'll talk to everyone next time on drink, drink the, the movies. movies. They make a really big deal about him having nosebleeds, but then they never talk about what the nosebleeds are or if they're bad or not i don't know they're the pinprick hemorrhages of your brain because lot six sucks <laughs>